recently I was watching a YouTuber, kind of unrelated to atheism or anything like that. And this YouTuber was using the term LGT+. They removed the B. I thought that was kind of weird. It was like, was that at like a slip? Like, did they like accidentally leave the B out or something? So I stepped back and listened closer and watched their lips. They said LGT plus. They removed the B from it. It still could have been a slip. So I'm going through the video, continuing to watch, and they did it again. They did it a second time. They removed the B. It was just LGT plus. Now, I'd never heard that term before. So I started looking into it because it just so happens that my girlfriend is bi and was not a huge fan of that. So I found this Reddit post here. I just wanted to take a, a quick look at it here. The name of the Reddit post is LGT plus. Is it becoming more common? I've been seeing a lot of people using LGT recently, completely removing the B. It seems to be more and more common, and I'm not sure what to make of it anymore. Is by erasure becoming more accepted now? The top response is, I've almost never seen anybody promote LGT without a B, except for a few 4chan trolls who started a fake Drop the B campaign a while back. And Googling for LGT doesn't reveal any recent examples of this, so I think the B has a pretty secure place in the acronym. It does. As far as I'm concerned, if you are not 100% heteronormative, I guess would be the, the term, then you should be included in this umbrella. Just because you're in a standard, even just a, a hetero relationship, does not mean that you are not attracted to the other sex or the other gender. Any specific examples? I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but sometimes people post stuff like this just to divide us and we have to be vigilant. A lot of people talking about dropping the Q and now the B, things like that. To me, it, it feels like if you are attracted to somebody of a very... If you're attracted to somebody, you should not be shamed for that, no matter what their reasoning is for that shame. I don't care what reason you have to remove the B. It belongs there. I don't know. This just like really hit home with people around me. It turns out, it turns out that there are actually a lot of bi people that I know. And bi erasure really affects them. So it, it really affects me too. Telltale, how do you deal with somebody who is biphobic in today's day and age? I'm not bi personally. So I can't tell you how I deal with it. But the people that I know who have been dealing with it, they found community in different subreddits and Twitter and various different types of social media. And honestly, that's like sound advice for anybody who's involved in or, or anybody who is a part of a minority that is less than accepted in society. It's probably sound advice to find community for that group. I mean, that's what I did as an atheist. That's what I did as an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I found a group of people who had similar experiences and used them to support me, and I supported them too. Uh, this one coming from Phonics. What's the difference between bisexual and pansexual to someone who is biphobic? This is, um, like I said, I'm hetero, so this may not even be my place to be discussing, but I 
I have a platform, and so I'm using it to try to boost this as an issue that should be talked about. But since I am Ketero, and I'm not part of the LGBT community, it means that I'm kind of by definition a little bit less invested in it than somebody who is part of the community. So I, I feel like if I tried to like define the difference, I would mess it up. But my understanding of it is a bi person is attracted to either men or women. A pan person is attracted to somebody of any gender. That's my understanding of it. If I mess that up, then I can put a correction in after. So just let me know. This one, coming for myself. Uh, what do you think the logic behind biphobia is? And do you think pansexuals face those same issues? I may end up cutting this out of the final clip. I don't know. We'll see. But All right. I mentioned this. I, I've mentioned this before. When I started YouTube, I started YouTube because the, the entire atheist community was rife with anti-SJWs who were trying to tear people down. And honestly, I was just so sick of hearing it. Like, it's such irrelevant little nitpicks the anti-SJWs were giving. It was ridiculous. I felt like nobody was talking about atheism anymore. It was all social issues, and they were all completely full of it. So I started talking about atheism. I started a YouTube channel doing it. But as time went on, I came to find that a lot of attacks, like I, I've never been attacked by an anti-SJW YouTuber before. I have been attacked by quote-unquote SJW YouTubers, though. I've come to find that there is a lot of, there, there's a lot of extreme black and white thinking on the anti-SJW side, obviously. We, we all knew that. But there's also black and white thinking on the SJW side, too. And that's why I don't, I don't call myself an SJW. I call myself a social justice advocate. Some of that black and white thinking is... This is probably going to get cut out. Because it's extremely politically charged. And I really don't... This is the exact thing that I set out not to talk about when I started my YouTube channel. But some of the black and white thinking on the SJW side is if you are not attracted to trans people, then you're transphobic. And that, that is why a lot of the time bi people are excluded from LGBT. They're basically trying to replace it with P, with Pan. They don't want somebody who is exclusionary in any sense. Now, I, I understand the logic behind that. But as far as I'm concerned, you can't tell somebody who to be attracted to. The moment you start telling people who they're allowed to be attracted to is the moment you become an extremist Christian advocating for conversion therapy. That's, that's literally what conversion therapy is. That's what they do. They'll sit a gay person down in a room and they'll show them gay porn. And uh, now this is the old way. They, they, they may have kind of phased some of these parts out. 
but this was really prevalent in the 90s and the 2000s. They would actually zap them. They would give them an electric shock anytime they became aroused at uh, the sight of gay porn, basically. And they would just show them straight porn, like, nonstop, until they got aroused. And they'd send them to group therapy where they'd talk about how wrong it was that they felt this way and how they should fix it and they should be better people, they should be different people and all this other nonsense. This stuff was not backed up by psychology, still isn't. And luckily for us, it's being phased out of use. But that's in a nutshell what you're doing when you're erasing by people, right? You're telling them that their sexual preferences are wrong and they should have different sexual preferences. I mean, that that's... That's what it boils down to, isn't it? Whether they are attracted to or want to date trans people or not, none of your business. It is their business. Now, you should support trans people in the struggles that they face every day because it is legitimately an issue. There are a lot of legitimate issues to be dealt with. But I'm not going to sit here and let somebody try to convert, sexually convert somebody that I care about. I'm not going to let somebody send someone that I care about through conversion therapy, de facto conversion therapy. I'm not going to let it happen. Do you think all people that are biphobic are toxic? Uh, oh, that's coming I, from Pups Wolf. Sorry. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I don't know that I would say that God, this is like a hard question. Is anybody really toxic? Uh, there, are, there are people who have really toxic behavior, and that is an extremely toxic behavior. I try not to like condemn any one person based on any one personality trait, even Jehovah's Witnesses. I would rather not condemn them and say that they're irredeemable or anything like that, like anybody, ever. Like, there are people out there who are irredeemable. There are murderers and, and all kinds of people who are beyond redemption. They cannot come back from the things that they've done. Or they don't want to come back from it. Or they, they just will die never changing their mind. There are people out there like that. But we have to come into the conversation, come into the situation, assuming that they can be redeemed, even if they can't. Everybody. We have to give everybody that opportunity to assume that they're not all bad. So anyways, um, it's a really toxic behavior. To answer the question, yes, it's toxic behavior, and I just don't accept it. It's, it's not good. It's harmful. It's splintering people. I'm just not going to sit by and let it happen. So, First up from Rain, any advice on what to do regarding an asexual person who wants a spouse? I see so much support for homosexuality and such, but I don't know where to turn to for help with asexuality. That's, um, that's tough because just like I was talking about in the, the other segment, there is exclusion taking place in the LGBT community uh, for asexual people too. I would say just throw yourself into a community. There is a subreddit for everything out there. There's a subreddit for like bi support, for LGBT support, for gay and lesbian support, for trans support, everything. So find one out there that's made up of people who have uh, common experiences to you. That would be my advice to you about it. This one coming from a cringy trap. 
Telltale, what do you think of Pascal's wager? I actually talked about this recently on Twitter. So I posted a picture of myself with my coffee cup. Let me pull the Twitter conversation up. Okay, so this is this this was the Twitter conversation. Um, I posted a picture of my coffee cup that says, we all die and there is no God, get over it. In reality, I, I don't make a, a claim like that. that. That is a little bit strong. It's kind of an edgy cup. It's, it's just meant to be edgy. It's not meant to be serious. But I don't know. I like the cup. Anyways, somebody commented on it and said, only thing is, if you're wrong, eternity is a hell of a long time. So I retweeted them and said, are you throwing Pascal's wager at me? What if you're wrong? We could both be wrong. Maybe Islam is right. Maybe Hinduism is right. Maybe Sikhs are right. Eternity is a hell of a long time. Why don't you go pray to Vishnu just to be extra sure? That's a pretty good summary of my feelings on Pascal's wager. It makes sense at its face. A lot of logical fallacies make sense at their face. When somebody says, for example, I cheated on my taxes, and somebody else says, oh my god, that's so wrong, I can't believe you would do that. And then the other person responds, what are you talking about? You cheated on your taxes. It makes sense. That response makes sense at face value. But that's a logical fallacy. You are not addressing their criticisms. You're addressing their criticisms with a criticism of them. That's called the tu quoque logical fallacy, I think. Pascal's wager makes sense at its face, but when you start factoring in all of the gods across all of time, with Pascal's wager, when you hear it, typically, they're not saying it's better to believe in a god than not to believe in a god. They're saying it's better for you to believe in the Christian god a lot of the time because I live in the U.S., and anytime I hear that, it's almost always from a Christian. Almost. That in itself is just completely logically fallacious. Like, there are so many other options. Like I said in the tweet, there's Hinduism, there's Islam, there's Buddhism, there are all kinds of other types. I could be wrong, but you could be wrong too. Everybody could be wrong. Maybe there are actually space aliens who created us. Who knows? You know, I mean, evidence does point one way or another. Like, we can kind of... We know for a fact how the universe began. I mean, we can, we can create simulations and models that perfectly predict what's going to happen in space and in time with the Big Bang. So we don't really need... I, I, I mean, I guess you could say a god started the Big Bang, but the claims of Christianity about how the, the worlds began are objectively false. Like, we can prove that the earth is older than however old Christians claim or extremist Christians claim it is. We know for a fact that the earth is older than 10,000 years. Like Ken Ham says, like Ken Tovin says, like Ray Comfort says. It's just objectively not. It is older than that. Bottom line. This one coming from Voice 2 did everything wrong. Telltale. Which video did you have the most fun working on? All right. Honestly, this is how video production works, right? Sometimes I will, like, sit down and I'll, I'll start writing a script, and I'll be so happy with the outcome of it. I'm like, this is, like, gold. I absolutely love how this thing turned out. I will record it. I'll put 
you know, put the drawings in and everything else, and it just looks perfect to me. And I upload it, and then it just flops. <laughs> it's like YouTube, this isn't necessarily YouTube's fault either. This is just kind of how, like, social media works. You never know what's going to fail and what's going to succeed. Sometimes you, you're just taking an endless series of shots in the dark. That's what social media is all about. It, you know, that's what YouTube is all about, at the very least. And it's really, really complicated. And it's disheartening, too, because some of the videos that I've worked on, like, for example, um, I really liked my Is Kent Hovind a Cult Leader video. I was so happy with that when I made it. And what are Mennonites? Are Mennonites a cult? I think I did one of those at one point, too. And, I, you know, I just loved it. Like, I was so happy with the script. I was so happy with all of it. But, yeah, didn't, did not do, as, you know, any better than any other video that I've ever put out. Some of the highest ranking videos that I've done were um, just really, really old Jehovah's Witness videos. Like, my daughter, Alpha Four Zero, Kylie... Her first appearance on my channel got the most views out of any video ever. It's like, it's approaching a million views now. This one's coming from Glenn. Do you think that the Democrats should have outed the whistleblower like the Republicans have been demanding? No, that's ridiculous. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to propose. I mean, that's what the Republicans are proposing. They want the Democrats to out the whistleblower. Why? The whistleblower is so completely irrelevant. Just exclude them from everything. In fact, you know what? Just throw out anything that they provided. Just get rid of it. We don't even need it. We have the sworn testimony under oath of like 10 different people, firsthand accounts of something that Trump said to them personally. Like, we don't even need the whistleblower. The only thing the whistleblower did was get all of this attention. That's it. They just brought attention to the issue and people started coming out of the woodwork and talking about it. That's all we needed was for people to start talking about it. And they are. Why is the whistleblower's uh, identity relevant in any way? Like they don't even have to take part in the trial or anything anymore. They don't have to be involved at all if they don't want to. They, I think they are going to be. A lot of the time you see people building narratives you see them build narratives about this thing or that thing like defenses it's just like like it's a law case like you're in the court of law and they're trying they start with a conclusion that trump is innocent for example or whatever and they they use the facts to support that conclusion that's not how it should be done at all that's kind of how politics works honestly like all politics it it, it seems in my experience why does it work that way it seems like we should be taking the logical route gathering the facts and building a conclusion from there i was looking at this whole situation with chick-fil-a i don't know if you guys are aware of what happened with chick-fil-a recently but basically they announced that they aren't going to be donating to some really questionable charities uh they've been donating to charities that were kind of anti-LGBT for a while. And as a result, the boycott on them from the LGBT community has continued. The owner at one point, I think the owner, maybe the CEO, some high up person forever ago, said some stuff that was really, really messed up, I remember. And they like ended up 
coming out and apologizing and saying that the company doesn't feel that way and all this stuff. But they were boycotted as a result of what the highest up leadership said back then. And then Dan Savage, I believe, I, some of you may know Dan Savage. He's got a podcast called Savage Love, I think. He's a gay dude who talks a lot about gay issues. And at the time, when Chick-fil-A apologized, he said, we should accept their apology and end the boycott because we want to give positive reinforcement when they do something right. If we just don't end the boycott, if we just continue boycotting them anyways, it's not giving any positive reinforcement. And they're just going to cut you out of the demographic that they're targeting and move on. We have to give positive reinforcement. That's, that's what he said at the time. A lot of people said, I, I, I understand that, that train of thinking, that, that logic, but they're still supporting charities that are harmful to the LGBT community. And they refuse to eat there still. A lot of people, including me, I refuse to eat there um, because they were supporting charities that were not friendly to the LGBT community. So let's just give this article a read with that context in mind and see what it has to say. Chick-fil-A said on Monday that its charitable foundation will no longer donate to two Christian groups that have long opposed same-sex marriage. A spokeswoman for the fast food giant told Reuters that the business's charity, the Chick-fil-A Foundation, will no longer provide funding to the Salvation Army and to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We made multi-year commitments to both organizations and we fulfilled those obligations in 2018, the spokeswoman told Reuters. The representative added that the foundation plans to donate to causes centered around education, homelessness, and hunger in the future. Great causes. I'm 100% on board. The spokeswoman reportedly declined to say if the move was in response to some of the protests that have targeted the chain in recent years for donations made by its charitable foundation to anti-LGBT groups. She told Reuters the move was made to create more clarity. The decision by the family-owned chain, whose CEO Dan Cathy said earlier this year that he promised his father he'd uphold Christian values and never open the chain's restaurants on Sundays, was met with opposition from conservatives online. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee said the business surrendered to anti-Christian hate groups. Hate groups, right. He said in a later tweet that the fast food chain betrayed loyal customers for money and added that he regrets believing they would stay true to convictions of founder Truett Cathy. Honestly, I was with him on the whole boycott situation. I, I agree. We should give positive reinforcement for correct decisions. Though I was willing to eat there. It just never like came up like I always had somewhere better to go to eat or some better food to eat some, you know, at home. So I literally have not eaten at Chick-fil-A in like a decade at least, like so long. But with this development, I'm ready to eat there now. I'm ready to support this company, even though it's a relatively Christian company. They're making the right decisions right now. They are supporting the LGBT community in many different ways. And, and I'm happy to see that. So I, I decided I was going to go eat there for the first time in like 10 years the other day. I was on my way to Walmart to pick up some, like some food and stuff, right? And there's a Chick-fil-A right, right next to Walmart. So I turn into Chick-fil-A 
And I, I don't even know what's on their menu. So I'm like about to roll up to the drive-thru, like sit there holding up the line, looking at what's on their menu. You know, have not been there in so long. It was Sunday. They were closed. <laughs> I still haven't eaten at Chick-fil-A. I am. I, I do intend to eat there. I do intend to give Chick-fil-A positive reinforcement for the correct decisions that they're making right now in supporting the LGBT plus community and and everything else. So, yeah, let's take a look at some of these uh, the, these tweets. Mike Huckabee. The sad message of Chick-fil-A is quite clear. They surrendered to anti-Christian hate groups. Tragic. Chick-fil-A to stop donating to Christian charities. Branded anti-LGBT. Mike Huckabee's such a piece of trash. Oh, another from Mike Huckabee. In August 2012, I coordinated a National Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day after they were being bullied by militant hate groups. Millions showed up. Mm, millions? Uh, that's probably an overestimate. I seriously doubt millions showed up. There are only... 350 million people in the country. Millions is an awfully high estimate. Anyway, whatever. So millions showed up. Let's just start there. Let's assume that millions showed up. Today, Chick-fil-A betrayed loyal customers for money. I regret believing they would stay true to convictions of founder Truett Cathy said. Just because they made a decision that you don't like doesn't mean they made that decision for money. Look, I guess it was a quote-unquote betrayal of Christians, but it was the right thing to do, bottom line. Those Christians were wrong. Like, there's no reason to exclude people in that way. That's just messed up, man. Like, stop making people's lives more difficult. Like, these people already have a hard life, and you're making it worse. You, you honestly should be ashamed of yourself, Mike Huckabee. But he's not. Jesse Kelly, the LGBT bully mob is unquestionably the most powerful mob in America today. Okay, everyone bends the knee or risk their wrath. Makes me freaking ill. I don't even know what to say about all this. Apparently, this is a retweet from Polymath, or Political Math. The main things that make me sad about this. One, the Christian orgs Chick-fil-A donated to were genuinely good groups. Not if they were anti-LGBT. They were genuinely not good groups. This will not actually stop groups on the left from hating them because hating them is mostly about moral signaling. Moral signaling? I'm trying to advocate for what I believe to be the right thing. Why does it have to be virtue signaling? They responded, Correct, and now my attitude toward Chick-fil-A is meh. It's just like every other corporation that ultimately capitulates. Sunday's not far behind? Question mark. I'd love it if they were open on Sundays. Oh my god. I would have had Chick-fil-A that day if they had been. That would be fantastic. What stupid-ass, like, moral standard are they making with this whole, you know, Sundays thing? Whatever. Uh, Rod Drecker, or Rod Dreher, I guess. Shame, shame on you, Chick-fil-A. You are the third most successful fast food franchise in the U.S. You had no reason to capitulate, but you did. Exactly. They had no reason to capitulate. They didn't need to, they didn't need the money. It wasn't about the money, presumably. They, it was about doing the right thing. I, 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 from my understanding, they opened up a branch in the UK recently. And there were just like extreme protests there. Like people were not happy that they were there. It could be wrong on this. So, you know, check the description for a correction. But 
I think that they shut it down like within days of even opening it. Like it, it did not survive its UK uh, transition. It did not work. So they probably listened to the criticisms, realized how wrong it is what they're doing, and corrected the course to not do that anymore. That would be my guess. But if you want to say it was all about money, then fine. Say it was all about money. Whatever. At least they're doing the right thing. You had no reason to capitulate, but you did. Yes, shame on the progressive bullies, too. Yet the greater shame is yours, Chick-fil-A, you cowards. Shame on the progressive bullies. Okay. I don't even know what to say about some of this stuff. The move was met with praise by some LGBT advocates with LGBT rights campaigner Scott uh, Cut. I'm sorry. Scott Cut. Oh, my God. I used to work with a dude with a last name is really similar to this. I should be able to pronounce it. Scott Cuthbertson telling Reuters that there is always space for people to change their minds and respect LGBT plus equality. 100% agree. We don't do anyone justice by bearing anyone any grudges, he said, adding, if they want to be trusted by our community, they have to show that our rights are not up for debate. Yes. Exactly. And it's like Dan Savage said. You have to give positive reinforcement. You have to show them that you see what they did and you appreciate the, the gesture and that you will support them if they continue moving in that direction. There is one more article I wanted to read about this whole situation, about the Chick-fil-A situation. So let's, let's take a quick look at it. It's by Hemant Mehta, and it's on the Friendly Atheist blog. I'm sorry, it's by Megan H., not by Hemant Mehta. It's on Hemant Mehta's blog, though. The friendly atheist. Twitter mocks Christian snowflakes melting down over Chick-fil-A betrayal. Right-wing Christians have been in a real snit over the past week ever since Chick-fil-A announced that it would be restructuring its charitable giving in a way that focused on hunger, homelessness, and education. That move meant no longer giving money to the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, two faith-based organizations with histories of opposition to marriage equality. That was coupled with newly public tax documents on Tuesday showing that Chick-fil-A had, in 2017, made a $2,500 donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center. While the SPLC isn't an anti-Christian group by any means, it has kept record of anti-LGBTQ hate groups that include some right-wing Christian organizations that spread lies about homosexuality. Obviously, being opposed to marriage equality isn't the issue. It's not like every evangelical church is on that list. With all that in mind, conservatives online decided to wage an all-out culture war against the restaurant chain for betraying Christians. Take Charlie Kirk, the founder of right-wing group Turning Point USA, who angrily tweeted, Chick-fil-A betrayed us after we stood by them for years during every attack and controversy. I've actually, I had not heard of Charlie Kirk before fairly recently, and I've seen him in like a lot of political debates lately. He's apparently got a really small face. Hang on. I, I, I need to find this. I need to find the tiny face and, and show it to everybody because it's like comically tiny. Hang on, I got to find a good, I got to find a good one. Okay, here we go. But look at this dude's face. It's like way too small. Look at this one. His face is too small. It doesn't fit his forehead. His forehead is way bigger than it should be. His eyes should be up here. In reality, his face isn't actually that tiny, but every time somebody makes a meme of him they make his face just a little smaller than it actually is and i think it's hilarious dear liberals if marine life is really going extinct why is Crabfest back at red lobster dear liberals i'm not a racist but i do have 
uh, preconceived notions on people's ability and intelligence based on their skin color or ethnicity. Look at how tiny his face is. It's so cute. It's like a little tiny itty bitty baby face. Oh man. The people listening to the podcast right now, they're probably so jealous thinking of themselves. I wish I could see this face. Just go Google Charlie Kirk tiny face and you'll see it. Actually, in reality, his face is not that tiny. I think this is his normal face. Girls go to the toilet more often because they have no balls to store pee. That's Charlie Kirk. Um, He's got a he's got a small face like it is too small for his his head, but it's not that small in reality. Point is that Charlie Kirk is kind of a, you know, he he's he's toxic. He's not a good dude. He's got like really really harmful beliefs and ideals and is just all all the way around really not a good person in my experience. But back to what we were saying, back to this article. Take Charlie Kirk, the founder of right-wing group Turning Point USA, who angrily tweeted, Chick-fil-A betrayed us after we stood by them for years during every attack and controversy. Despite this, they announced they will no longer support Christian organizations. Even worse, it has come out they support the Southern Poverty Law Center. No more Chick-fil-A ever. Well, guess what? The rest of the world is going to support Chick-fil-A. We don't need a tiny group of extremists to support the right thing. I would love it if everybody would get on board with the right thing, but it's just not going to happen. So that's okay with me. You know, I don't need Charlie Kirk's endorsement or support. That's, that's fine with me. Kirk called on fellow conservatives to boycott the company. His former turning point colleague, Benny Johnson echoed his rhetoric. This is true. When you eat at Chick-fil-A, your dollars support abortion and leftist hate. Oh my God. This is just, where did that come from? That's like way out of left field. Anyway, but as Ross Story notes, the hypocrisy was obvious. This is a quote from Ross Story. While many conservatives replied to Kirk to support his angst over the ideological heresies of a fast food chain, many other followers responded by mocking the right-wing activist for being a snowflake who's trying to cancel a private business over political differences. The exact thing that he complains about left-wingers doing. Oh my God, you know, cancel culture. Just can't cancel. Can't have this company exist because they're supporting this people. That's, that's what he claims uh, cancel culture, the left-wingers are doing, just all the left-wingers. Well, guess what? That's exactly what he's doing. So nice hypocrisy there, buddy. This stuff just kills me. It's just rife with hypocrisy. Chick-fil-A did the right thing, so I'm going to eat there. I, I'm not sure when. Sometime between now and the day I die, but I will, just to support this move. So back to Activist Mommy's blog. I covered this last week. I covered it the week before, too, but this, this article was too interesting to not cover. Statue of Moloch, God of Child Sacrifice, erected at Roman Colosseum. Let's give this a read and see what it has to say. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know who Activist Mommy is, but just in case you don't know for one reason or another... Activist Mommy is this right-wing extremist Christian woman who is just a mess. Uh, I, I really don't know how else to describe her. So let's, let's read this and see what it says. Christian visitors to the Colosseum of Rome were shocked and disgusted to find a replica of Moloch, the historic pagan deity to which untold numbers of children were sacrificed at the site's entrance in late September. A press release to Carthago, the immortal myth, 
The historical exhibition featuring the hideous statue reads, A reconstruction of the terrible deity, Moloch, linked to Phoenician and Carthaginian religions, featured in the 1914 film Cabiria, directed by Giovanni Pastor and written by Gabriele Dianuzzo, will be stationed at the entrance to the Colosseum to welcome visitors to the exhibition. Because everyone wants to be greeted on their way into this historic landmark where Christians were slaughtered en masse by the visage of a pagan idol repeatedly denounced in the Old Testament, apparently. Oh, okay. So now we get to the the heart of the matter. Now we get to the truth of it. It's about the fact that it's in the Bible. It has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, this is a historical thing. I'm sure atrocities have happened as a result of this, but guess what? Atrocities happened in the Old Testament too. In the New Testament, atrocities happened from the Bible. The, the God of the Bible committed atrocities. So if you don't like what happened in the name of this historical figure, this historical statue, then we're just going to have to throw out anything Jesus-related, anything God-related. Just get rid of it, because really, really bad stuff happened. I, I'm sure that we all recognize that, or at least most people do. But I'm not opposed to the Bible's existence or, or any of that stuff. In fact, I think it should exist as an example of what not to do. It's a, it's a piece of history. It's a piece of human history. You can't throw it out because you don't like what it says. Or you, you can't throw it out because you don't like what happened to it. Everybody at some point studies 1940s Germany. I think in eighth grade, maybe. I don't know. I didn't have an eighth grade. Long story. Anyways, I understand that they study it in eighth grade. Uh, and I'm so 100% for that. I think it, it's fantastic that people are learning about this stuff, that people are aware of what's happening and aware of, of what transpired and how it transpired and all that. It's a good thing that we have the records of this stuff that happened so we don't forget and repeat it. And it's a piece of history, bottom line. I, I have no issue with this statue existing. It is a piece of history. It represents a piece of history. But because it was specifically mentioned in the Bible, she's got a big issue with it. According to LifeSite, the idol was especially upsetting to the Colosseum's Catholic visitors as it was erected nine days before the Amazon Synod and the resultant scandal of the Pachamama idol, another pagan deity who received child sacrifices at the Vatican. I'm sorry you don't like anything pagan. If that's the issue, stop wearing wedding rings. Stop using Christmas trees or wreaths or any of that other stuff stop toasting at weddings you have no idea how much of human society came from paganism basically everything <laughs> it's like rife with pagan practices that's just because paganism is in human history and we are the result of that human history here we are the the end of the line so far and every piece of culture has influenced every other piece of culture in some way, pretty much. So, anyway, if you don't like paganism, then stop wearing wedding rings. Stop toasting at your wedding. But there's a whole bunch of really, really specific stuff. I'm trying to remember what it is. I gotta find it. Jehovah's Witnesses actually banned just all kinds of stuff for being pagan. Let me just kind of skim this list here. Easter has all kinds of pagan uh, roots. Christmas... 
wedding practices of various sorts, including but not limited to wedding rings and toasting. Pinatas apparently are pagan. Uh, you know, you got to take some of this with a grain of salt because it's Jehovah's Witnesses who claimed it, but still. The calendar is pagan. I mean, just like everything. Wind chimes, disfellowshipping and excommunication is pagan. It came from paganism originally. I mean, there, there's just so much stuff. Halloween, uh, throwing rice, throwing the bouquet at weddings, wedding marches, astrology, just all kinds of pagan stuff. So if you're going to complain about paganism, then you're going to have to stop doing that huge-ass list of stuff. Anyways, uh, moving on with the article. We were so excited the day we decided to go to the Colosseum, visitor Alexandria Clark said in an email to LifeSite, recalling a trip to the site with her sister. But the moment we got there, the site that greeted us was horrifying. Standing guard over the entrance was the colossal pagan statue of Moloch. It was placed in that prime spot so that everyone that entered into the Colosseum had to pass it, she continued, noting that the presence of the child-devouring idol appeared to mock the sacrifice of the earliest Christians who refused to bow to Roman rule. Well, you know what? Um, anything to do with the Old Testament God should really offend Midianites. Just the same as it offends you that this Moloch statue is out there. But you know what? There are no Midianites. They were all killed at the order of the God of the Old Testament. So why don't you stop uh, being Christian? Because it's pretty horrific. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I'm trying to make a shirt design for every cult I've covered. I haven't gotten every one, but I'm working on it. So check it out and see if your cult is up there. Second, you can support me by checking out my game shop. I sell controller, cartridge, and game box stands for every system from the original Nintendo and Sega Game Gear to the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. So give that a look too. And finally, if you want to support me in some way other than monetarily, you can check out my other YouTube channels. I have a retro game channel where I answer questions like, why does Shy Guy have a mask? And why are CRT TVs the best way to play retro games? I also have the podcast where I talk about stuff I don't feel I can say on a monetized channel. And finally, I have my main channel where I talk about cults. I wish I didn't have to worry about dancing around subjects carefully in the first place, but I chose to do this as a full-time job. So unfortunately, I rely on YouTube's AdSense and on the support of patrons to continue doing the work I do. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.